Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Thursday, April 29th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. On today's show, soccer beat writer Sean Goodwin and Ali Trost from Sports Radio 810 talk goals on the pitch, starting with Jean-Luc Abusio's beautiful goal for Sporting Kansas City in last weekend's 1-1 draw with Orlando City. Sporting visits Real Salt Lake on Saturday afternoon, and we preview that game as well. After a break, we spend some time talking about the significance of Christian Pulisic's goal earlier this week. Pulisic, of course, is the 22-year-old American who plays for Chelsea, and his goal was his team's lone score in a 1-1 draw with Real Madrid. Biggest goal by an American in a European competition? We talk about it. Also, next for KCNWSL, a second straight home opener. We'll explain. So let's get started with Allie Trost and Sean Goodman. So, uh, Twizzlers, Allie, huh? My favorite candy. I get a lot of pushback from people on the internet about this, but I love Twizzlers, think they're the best, and I'm considered weird for it, and that's okay. Mm, yeah, I, I am judging you a little bit, Allie. Twizzlers, it's going ice, but mm, I don't know. Well, they're nice delicious. Time. Nice enough to uh, to display and uh, and, and to show us. I, nothing wrong with a good Twizzler every once in a while. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. On, I'm with you on that. So, <laughs> okay, get some got a lot of soccer to talk about, and uh, we've got games coming up. We have games in the rearview mirror. Interesting stuff. So let's let's start with let's start with Sporting Kansas City's one-one draw with Orlando City last week, and. Um, I think I mentioned this a week ago, and I will mention it every time we talk about a one-one draw. It stinks if you score sec- if you're the if your team scores first. It's, you know you, you you think you got you're, you're going right, but uh, if your your team scores second, you love the one-one draw. Um, Orlando City scored late and and got out of uh, Children's Mercy with a tie. But what I wanted to talk about first was John Lucabusio's goal. I thought that was fantastic. Um, uh, Ali, what did what did you see on that, and what, uh, uh, what did are, are we seeing the next level, Jean-Luc Abusio? Yeah, I mean, I I think that we're starting to see the more confident that Busio gets, and the more minutes he plays, even in in a position that's not his natural position, like the nine, which he's been playing here in the last two games for Sporting Kansas City. You're just starting to see a player, and Johnny Russell talked about this in his media availability on Thursday. You know, the confidence that this kid has it. it kind of came up in in preseason. He came in really prepared. He wanted to wear the 10. And now he's showing that on the field. He's just such a quality player. Um, And that goal was just world-class. I mean, the quick adjustments, the noticing that he had the you know, the opportunity to catch Orlando's keeper kind of out of position there just so slightly to to sneak it in at that uh, near post was just fantastic. And a beautiful setup too from Daniel Shallowy, who, you know, looked up, saw that, that Busio was the best option, uh, the best scoring option uh, for the pass instead of just trying to slot it across the middle. And, and that goal just started with pressure being put on by Busio and Shallowy. You know, you force a bad pass from the keeper and then put the pressure on, pick it up, and, and then create an opportunity for your team. And, and that goal just, I mean, 
Vermees said it was world-class. I think that's the best way to describe it. It was just a goal that you don't see uh, a lot of young players in the league mm-hmm. score. That's a, that's a goal scorer's goal. And it was just fantastic uh, the way that he was able to, to put that one away. And in a big moment, it was a big goal for Sporting Kansas City. Like you said, it was a 1-1 draw. They did score first, which it is unfortunate that they did concede. But Orlando was knocking on the door. And, and if Orlando hadn't scored in that game, uh, given the, the disallowed goals and just the whole VAR situation. And, and I thought, you know, a team that, that did have some good scoring opportunities in Orlando, uh, I think it would have been pretty frustrating if you were uh, on the purple side. But credit to John Luca Busio, again, not just having a, a great start to the season, but doing so in, position, in a position that's not his natural one at the attacking midfielder spot. What's his best position? So oh, naturally, the naturally he's the ten, but um, mm-hmm. you know he or you know plays in the attacking midfield spot. But we saw him last season at the six, playing the defensive mid role in place of Elie Sanchez, and now this season we've seen him uh, mostly at the nine, playing in place of Alan Polito. So he's looked good uh, anywhere that he's been moved around, and you know that just speaks to his quality and his ability to adapt and, and adjust and just step up where he's needed but but yeah I'd like to see and it will depend on uh, when this team starts getting healthy and they have their full complement of players I'd like to see Busio uh, in his natural position surrounded by the team's preferred uh, I think starting midfield uh, which we haven't gotten a chance to see yet Mm -hmm. yeah before we jump on Ali I am going to uh I guess just jump on your back there what you were saying with Busio I feel like it's deja vu it's just Every single time he plays, I feel like we're just talking about how well he played, right? Um, but about that best position side, yeah. I, I remember we were talking on this pause last week. Uh, we were talking about Buzio and the nine. You know, I was like, yeah, you know, he looked good. His holds up play because he'd done some work. But it, it was passable, it was acceptable. And then he moves back into midfield and he was great. And I think I was saying this to you on 8-10 on Saturday as well, Ali. It's like he came out a week apart and he made that number nine. It looks like he was a natural. You know, he was making good runs in behind. His hold-up play was a lot better. Obviously, the world-class goal. Um, and Johnny Russell was saying earlier today, you know, he, you can play him at six, at eight, at ten, on the wing, at nine. He's an 18-year-old kid. He's barely out of high school. And he, he plays anywhere. So, yeah, you know, you're correct. Number 10 is his correct position. And last week, I did feel that him and Ngain was wasted potential just because he's so much better in midfield. And I still think that's the case. But he just, you give the kids one or two weeks to practice a position and he looks like he's played there for half a decade. It's unreal. Um, Ali, you mentioned it. Uh, Shallowy had the assist on that. I'm so happy to see him do what he's been doing here for a couple. But, you know, uh, both goals that were they, they, so they've got three goals this year. One was a penalty kick. Shallowy, though, on the, uh, you know, scored one and assisted on another. It's mm-hmm. really uh, gratifying to see him step up and hopefully this continues for him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I mean, Daniel Shallowy is by far the happiest about the current situation and the start to the season, but all of his teammates feel the exact same way. Johnny Russell, you know, I asked him about 
the front line right now because you've got Shallowy who's playing because Johnny's not 90 minutes fit. And you've got Busio, like we've talked about at the nine playing and starting there because Alan Polito's not 90 minutes fit. And they've been able to, through two games, collect four points. And, you know, those aren't the only positions that are, are lacking uh, in depth or, or don't maybe have their preferred players available. And Johnny just, you know, was so happy to see Daniel, who, by the way, back in 2018, those two were, were, you know, in stride with one another to lead the team in scoring. It was a fantastic season for the two of them. And then of course, shallowly struggled uh, for 19 and 20, but, you know, to see him back, you know, I had a chance to catch up with him at media day, uh, you know, just kind of chit chatting back and forth. And, and really he said that going home to Hungary and, and the whole um, country being shut down due to the coronavirus pandemic, he, there was nothing else to do but work out and get ready. So he just really spent a lot of that time, not that he wouldn't have been focused or, or doing, you know, some of those same things. But I think when it's the only thing for you to do and you're kind of really forced to just turn inward and and focus on on the only things in front of you, which for him were just getting back to the States and, and getting back to, you know, training and preseason starting. And, you know, it, it's made a, I think for him world of a difference. He looks, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed in his plays that he looks more confident. And that was something I think in the last two seasons, even though he didn't get as much time out on the field, uh, especially last season, even when he did, he looked a little bit out of place. And now I think he's playing with a lot more confidence, um, which for someone who prides themselves on, on being a goal scorer, you have to have that confidence. If you don't have that piece, it's going to show up in your game in a lot of different ways. And so now that he has that back, I think we're going to see a lot more creating like we saw on the assist and goal scoring from Daniel Shallowy. Exactly. Fabled contract year. That's yes, that too. Yeah. So in, in, in honor of Therese Paler, who, who always said the contract year is undefeated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the other, the other interesting thing I heard about Daniel, and I think it was with an interview with Nate Bucati, um on, on the, uh, the border patrol was uh, he, he brought his dog over with him as well um, on the, on the plane um, from, uh, you know, from, from home, from Europe when he, when he came over here and it was uh, mm-hmm. tough to keep him in the bag on the, on the flight <laughs> over. So, all right, we got uh, uh, Real Salt Lake coming up on Saturday. You've, I don't know if we still call it a rival, but uh, always interesting when when Sporting KC plays uh, Real Salt Lake. It's in it's in Salt Lake, so a late game on Saturday. What's a what's a good thirty second scouting report on on Real Salt Lake, Sean? Yeah, um, you know, uh, one p.m. on Saturday. I believe. Oh, I'm so. sorry. It's an afternoon yeah. game. Yeah, afternoon. So that's good for us, right? Absolutely <laughs> nice early. good for us. Um, but yeah, no, Real Salt Lake. I mean. Yeah, in recent years, Salt Lake has kind of dropped off the dropped off the wagon a little bit, and it's a little bit tougher to call it a rivalry game. But it's one of those games where no matter how poorly, how good either team is doing, is always going to be they're always going to put up a fight. And you know, well, Salt Lake they'll put up a good tough game like they always give. And going to um, Salt Lake City is always a tough one as well. So just. I mean, Salt Lake won their first game of the season too. So if we're talking about all of this heck, they could have a great season. It's not like, you know, sports and there's a terrible 2020 and then came out, or 2019, yeah, 2019 and then came out flying in 2020. So you never know. Um, I don't think based off last year, sports and, KC, sports and KC fans should walk into this game expecting an easy dub because based off that first game from Salt Lake, which they won, um, 
everything kind of points towards it being yet another difficult rivalry game, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a new look Real Salt Lake team. You know, it's it's not going to be the team like you mentioned that was you know rich in that rivalry, that hatred between both sides. Some of those players uh, have come and gone, but one player to watch for is Anderson Julio, the winger that they acquired from Liga Mekki. He scored the brace in that game winner, or, you know, the the game winning brace in that uh, first match against Minnesota United, which a very tough team as Sporting Kansas City fans can attest to from the playoffs last year. He's going to be one to watch uh, in this in this game. We talked with Brian Dunseth, commentator for Real Salt Lake on the Sporting KC show this week, and he said this is a player that, that that the club had had their eye on for a while. They you know finally have the chance to bring him over and had quite the debut in Major League Soccer and quite the game there. So he'll be one that uh, that Sporting Kansas City fans should have an eye on in that game, and certainly Sporting KC will have an eye on in that game. So you can never underestimate Real Salt Lake, and I think a lot of the unknowns about them just make them even more dangerous. You know, you never know uh, what a team can 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 prove on just any given match day. And especially so early in the season as, as all clubs are trying to figure out their identity and what they have or don't have. I'm curious how, uh, how David Ochoa will react as well. Was he a 20 year old goal free pose? Kick, yeah, kick the ball into the stands after the Minnesota game. And um, he was fined undisclosed amount. So he'll be available, but he, he's a kid who uh, seems like he's got a bit of a, a hot head on him. So, we'll see how Wait, two young keepers, two young two keepers young facing keepers. off in this game. So, unless McIntosh plays, of course, Can't, uh, uh, yeah, they can't guarantee. But, but yeah, no, they'll be fun if it's Paul Scamp and Ochoa, which is yeah. a good way to transition into no Tim Milia now. And so, what is the uh, or it continues to be no Tim Milia? What is the injury report for Sporting? I know Peter Vermees was asked about that today. Yeah, um, honestly, nothing massively new to report. Um, he didn't really have anything to report, to be honest. He says that everyone's inching back. It's all positive. Booking off firing all cylinders. Um, you know, Russell and Please have obviously been putting in minutes. Um, Ilya is, as far as we're concerned, still out again. You know, not really firing on full cylinders, but that's a stacked midfield anyway. And then the big question, of course, being Tim Melia, which I asked about. Yeah, he's... He's not even back in full practice. Yeah, you know, he's out there. He's getting some reps in. But yeah, he's not even in full practice. So he won't be available this week if that's the case. Um, I doubt he'll be available for the following game either. So I think we still have a couple of games of the full scamp McIntosh show for the time being. Okay. Hey, let's uh, let's transition over to a Casey NWSL, the Fighting Wosos. Um, Fighting Wosos. Yes. Um, uh, I like that. <laughs> had their uh, home debut on uh, earlier this week. Fell to the Houston Dash three to one. We'll have another game on Monday in the, the final game in the in the Challenge Cup series. This one against the the OL Rain. What is the OL? St- I know where the Rain is. They're in Tacoma. Yes. What does the OL stand for? It's uh, Olympique Lyon because um, they're owned by Lyon out in France. Ah. Um, so, yeah, it was obviously the Seattle Rain, um, based out in Tacoma, I guess, technically. Um, but, yeah, they were at least owned or bought out. I'm not sure of the specifics, but by Olympique Lyon. So, it's now the OL Rain. Okay, and Legends Field, are we, are we confident this one's going to go to, uh, do we know? Ali? That's what, I, that's where they're playing. 
that the yeah. game will be at Legends Field. Um, of course, some construction delays um, caused them to have to change course and play at Children's Mercy Park in that game against the Dash. But everything is, at least what I've heard, on on track. And, and fans will be out at the Field of Legends on May 3rd for the, I guess, the second home opener at the yeah. actual home field. <laughs> well, there's no better source for this than Allie. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, so a great atmosphere on uh, for the for the home opener at, at Children's Mercy when when they played there. Um, uh, I, I heard I heard Sean say today on the press conference that he was so enraptured by the festivities that Johnny Russell walked by and he didn't even recognize him. I know, I know. I was uh, there. I, I was too busy listening to a video I took of Amy Rodriguez after the game, so I'm standing there, phone to my ear, kind of looking down and. I noticed like shadows walk past me and I didn't think anything of it. And uh, I think it was um, Araceli, she mentioned that a couple of the players walked past. I was like, shoot, I just completely missed a bunch of guys and now I feel feel like a bad person just ignoring them. <laughs> <laughs> but now, yeah, that was a great atmosphere out there. Um, you know, I, even despite the results, 3-1, you know, the, the fans were great at the stars. Uh, after the first game, it was great. On the first game, after the first goal, it was great, you know, maybe took the fans by shock a little bit. It was a great goal by Mewis. And uh, I heard a couple of fans in the South Stand start chanting, let's go KC, which kind of reverberates as a Rams, the stadium. Super cool. Um, the penalty call, that probably wasn't a penalty with Rachel Daly. Uh, again, fans booing, booing in unison, beautiful thing. And even after that third goal, you know, the drum kept beating, the fans kept cheering, and of course, when um, Vasconcelos put that goal in at the end, 70th minute, the place erupted and there were fireworks instead of the uh, confetti, which was cool to see. So yeah, it was a fun atmosphere to be in, and I hope that we keep a similar thing heading over to the Field of Legends on Monday. Yeah, totally agree. Brittany Matthews was there, um, and her husband, what is his, I can't remember, uh, boyfriend, (laughs) The boyfriend, I can't remember his name. Paddy, someone. <laughs> yeah, Paddy. Yeah. Um, so that was cool to have Patrick Mahomes out there. And uh, we'll hopefully, hopefully see him at, at other other games this year with uh, with Brittany Matthews, the, uh, mm-hmm. the part of the ownership group for, for yep. the team. So, okay, guys, let's take a break here. I've got some other topics I wanted to cover with you when we come back. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. And we are back with Allie Trost and Sean Goodwin talking soccer in Kansas City. And since the last time we chatted, a couple of developments uh, the first one involves an announcement that the Gold Cup is returning to Children's Mercy Park 
Do we have the dates on that, uh, Sean? Do we know? Is it is it early July? It's uh, early July through yeah. August, so it'll be sometime during that month. Um, yeah. I believe jo- July one was what I saw, but it, it's I know it's the first week of July. Okay, that's the window. Like that. It's going to be in, it's going to be in July, and yeah. um, what what is the Gold Cup? Yeah, the Gold Cup is essentially um, you know North America's version of I guess the best I can say is the Euros. Um, you know, obviously you have the um CONCACAF. Well not CONCACAF, Ali, why is my mind blanking? The US hosted it a couple of years ago. Um, oh, um we'll get it. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We know the yeah. teams are gonna be in it. Um but what what surprised me a little bit was that Cutter is one of the teams in it. And I, and I thought, well, wait a second, I had to you know, I know Cutter's not, you know, in yeah. this in this hemisphere. So how did how did that happen? But I guess they were invited, and you can do that in the Gold Cup. Yeah. So I, I got also really off topic there. I I am sorry for that. But yeah, no, so Gold <laughs> Cup essentially, um, you know, uh, North and Central America's uh, um, Caribbean, and then a, a an invited team from somewhere else in the world. So um, Qatar, Qatar. However, we're going to pronounce it. I think it's pronounced different in different countries. As a um, controversy, right? Yeah, big controversy around the World Cup with that. Controversy. Um, controversy. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's hosted every couple of years. Um, Sporting KC or Children's Mercy Park has hosted it on three separate occasions. Um, 2011, 2015, and 2019, and then now 2021. So, this will be the first time it's hosted them back-to-back tournaments. Uh, but yeah, no, it's great for Kansas City. I mean, all, on all three previous occasions, uh, the US men's national team has competed here. Uh, not sure the exact reason behind that, but it might be because uh, um, the official training facility, I guess, for the US or one of them is uh, sports and KCs. So that's going to be play a big part of it, of course. Um, so, yeah, you know, they haven't announced schedules yet or dates, but the hope is that the US will be here and then they'll be playing either Canada, Martinique, is that how you say that? <laughs> Close enough. Uh, Martinique. Martinique. Um, Martinique. And then um, a fourth team, which is in a preliminary game, which hasn't been decided yet, of course. So, yeah, no, it's great for Children's Mercy Park. It's great for Kansas City. And not just the fact they're hosting, but as we head into the World Cup 2026 biz as well. Obviously, Kansas City is one of the 23 finalist um, cities, I guess, to hopefully host. I believe that's going to be trimmed down to 16 by, hopefully, I think, the end of the year or end of 2022. Uh, so it's, it's coming around at the right time. Um, that I believe the committees, the host city committees and um, FIFA and whatnot, are going to start viewing all of these potential cities starting this summer. So for Children's Mercy Park to be hosting a game or two this summer, it's great timing for sure. Yeah, I mean, anytime that Kansas City, uh, especially as, you know, they they get closer with, you know, the World Cup bids and wanting to be, you know, a city that is uh, a top of mind destination for some of sports biggest events and the NFL draft, you know, being another one here in a couple of years. I, I can't remember if that got pushed back because of the pandemic, but 2023, I believe, is still the 
the the year in which that will be hosted here. So, I mean, it's it's great for Kansas City and the growth and just the you know perception, not just nationally but worldwide of you know Kansas City as a as a sports town and as and a destination for a big events like these that are hosted in the U.S. Take Kansas, um, Kansas City oh. and Children's Mercy have always shown well on on with these events. It, it's great to have um, a, a full house and. You know, I think part of it is when when those international events come to Kansas City, it's not they're not at Arrowhead. They're at Children's yep. Mercy, where 20,000 in that structure looks a lot better than 20,000 at Arrowhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess before I go on, the competition I was thinking about earlier was Copa America. There you um, go. Okay. So, yeah. I, I kind of like thought that's where you were going, but I honestly had missed yeah. like the beginning of what you had that's said. Fun. So then I stayed quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, so yeah, Copa America, North and South America, Gold Cup is just North America and Central America, technically. So that's what I was trying to say. Well, no, moving on. Moving uh, yeah. on, um, I'm on my Twitter feed the other day, and all of a sudden, a burst of Christian Pulisic uh, uh, videos had hit. And, and so whenever he scores uh, playing for, for Chelsea, it, it's, it's big news. But this was even bigger news. So uh, Chelsea playing Real Madrid. What was the significance of the Christian Pulisic? Well, first of all, let's let's define that he's an American, twenty-two-year-old American soccer player. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's pretty good. Pretty he is pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about yeah. the goal. What, what 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 the it was a nice goal, by the way. Um, it was a very nice goal. Yeah, um, I I've been. I've had an internal battle in my mind over the last couple of months of who's better between Pulisic and Weston McKenney. You know, play different positions, so it's hard to judge. But, you know what I mean? At the very least, Christian Pulisic is a top two US player right now. And yeah, so, you know, he's he's finally got back into the Chelsea squad after they got a new head coach. And he's he's done really well for himself since getting back into that squad. And yeah, so Chelsea versus Real Madrid, Champions League semi-final. It should have been Chelsea versus Liverpool, but that's okay. I will uh, I will try and get past that point. But no, so it was in Madrid. Uh, obviously, Champions League, like what MLS used to do, has the away goals rule. So game finishes 1-1. Um, but yeah, Pulisic opens the scoring with a, a beautifully composed uh, finish, to be honest. The ball sent over the top to him. He, he could have controlled it and just took a shot right away at Thibaut Courtois, but you know, he, he he controlled it. He he kind of came away from goal, cut it away from Courtois, and shot right between two Real Madrid defenders. Uh, so right off the back, that was a beautiful goal, and a lot of people have been saying, and I think I have to agree that it, it might be the most important goal that a US international scored at a club level across the board. You know the height of what it is. You know I heard some people saying that. Uh, uh, clink to clink the MC for uh, Fulham against Juventus in the Europa League back in 2010. Um, definitely up there, but at the end of the day, it was a quarterfinal. It was in the Europa League, which is a step below the Champions League. And yeah, it, it was a, a big win after Fulham to beat Juventus. I mean, that's, that, that shouldn't even exist in this universe. So credit where credit's due to Dempsey, but with uh, Pulisic here. It's a Champions League semi-final. It's a very crucial away goal against a very good Real Madrid team. Uh, so I think the significance of what it was, I think it might be the biggest goal to date that a US international has scored. Well, and I mean, it 
it does rank just in terms of the fact that stuff like this doesn't happen every day for U.S. players up playing overseas. He was the first male or first U.S. male to score in a Champions League semi and also the first U.S. international, so men's or women's, to score in any competition against Real Madrid. So, I mean, a massive goal, massive, you know, just moment. And to think that that player is part of the future of the U.S., men's national team is just pretty mind boggling, I think for a lot of us soccer fans. So it was, uh, it was just, it was fantastic and so exciting. I mean, there's so much excitement surrounding Christian Pulisic. I know a ton of fans who of Chelsea who have simply just become fans because of him, uh, playing there, you know, as you know, uh, you know, recent fans being developed out of that. So it's great for us soccer. It's great for the game and just, I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds. I mean, Weston McKinney, like you mentioned, Sean, is just another name of, of quite a few young U S stars who are killing it, uh, you know, playing at some of the world's best clubs. Mm-hmm. Well, and it also potentially speaks well for the United States national team when, you know, when we see some, some international competition. So, uh, yep. It was it was neat to see, and the fact that I I believe it happened during the day, so there was a lot of, you know, it, it got a lot of social media buzz in this country. That is, yeah. Cool. So, you can kick off. All right, guys, terrific conversation as always. Really enjoyed it. Hey, Allie, what do you got coming up this weekend on a ten? Yeah. So, well, number one, a lot of NFL draft stuff. Considering the Chiefs are going to have more of. Uh, their excitement and, you know, interest, I guess, from a fan perspective with their picks later on in the draft, not picking in the first round. So Friday, Saturday, you can hear me from nine to 11 a.m. I will also have a game preview for KC and WSL coming out. I will, of course, be on the sporting Real Salt Lake postgame show, which will be on ESPN Kansas City. You can also listen to the game live there. Um, as well. That's 1510 AM, 94.5 FM. So I'll be doing a lot of football, American football and football, uh, you know, the the world sport of football. So a lot, a lot of stuff this weekend. It'll be a busy Saturday, but I'm looking forward to it. And you can read Sean Goodwood stuff in the Kansas City Star and on KansasCity.com. Sean, Allie, great catching up with you and we will do it again soon. Sounds good. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Stickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Allie Trost and Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking soccer. Links to Sean's stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You got all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus many more stories that appear only on the website. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's always a great time to subscribe. The Royals are still leading the AL Central. Local colleges are always making news. We think KU's going to name a football coach here in the next day or two. And of course, it's never not Chiefs season. The NFL Draft is here. So how do you get this deal? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. 
If you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, just send me an email, bkirkhoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.